0: Welcome in. This is the latest edition of the Character Concerns Podcast. My name is Chris Inocero, joined as always by my guy, Jay Binkley. Jay? What's going on, Inocero? We're getting
1: close uh, to the end of the regular season, my friend. We are very much approaching the end. We
0: are on the home stretch.
1: Hey, senior bowl invites are going out now, Yes,
0: man. and now... They just changed it so that juniors can mm. get invites to the senior bowl. And that's big. Which is huge. It's great for the draft prospects because these young guys get an opportunity to get some NFL-level coaching and get to showcase what they what they uh, can do. And I'm happy for those kids because, sure. to be honest, this is something that should have happened a long time ago. No, the is. East-West Shrine game, they can as well. What it was was you're a fourth-year junior you could go.
1: Yes, but the problem is, you know, waiting. all right, Can you go? And I, this thing is is for talented, for the players to be in the NFL. I mean, this is an evaluation process. What was the hold up of having only seniors? I mean, it's when it first started. Okay, the Senior Bowl, the seniors graduating yeah. and gone, school. It's different now because you got name, image, likeness, and you got everything else. It's just a different. The NCAA football is just different now. So this made a ton of sense, and it'll make the Senior Bowl. I I always hated when. I was watching it going, man, I wish that junior could go because a lot of times yeah. that's some of the most talented uh, people anyway because a lot of these guys, had they been extremely talented, they would have gone their junior year Correct. instead of their senior. Or
0: redshirt sophomore year. Most so. of them, but
1: uh, I was just reading 33rd team uh, latest mock draft. I know we'll talk about that in a little bit, but uh, eight receivers yes. in the first round. Yes. I, I'm not playing. <laughs> what I'm saying these receivers, there's a bunch of them I, I, in the first round. I and think- for the Chiefs, again, sitting at the end, yeah, you're not going to get Marvin Harrison Jr., but you're going to get a quality receiver.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of really good talent at the wide receiver uh, group in this draft class. The Chiefs will have a lot of options for what they can do. Um, this is going. We're gonna we're gonna really tackle the mock drafts here because there's a ton that have been coming out here over the last month, and this is really where the time where we're starting to see stock rising, stock falling guys moving up and down. Valuation starting to become concrete. It hasn't solidified yet. It's now in that stage where they've shaped it and now it needs to dry. But right now, there's a lot of guys out there who can still make some money for themselves. There's still guys who are rising, guys setting up for the draft in 25 because they're not eligible this year. Uh, guys like Luther Burding, guys like Ollie Gordon. Um, but they're is a lot of talent in this draft class. And so I wanted to go through and kind of get a feel for where people in the media are assessing value as it pertains to the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, obviously, we don't know all of the, we don't know exactly where the Chiefs are going to be picking. Most of the mock drafts that I found these picks off of had the Chiefs at 31, some of them were 32, one of them was 25. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I know. I know. But for the most part, these are all late first round. And again, um, in all likelihood, maybe one of these picks will be right. Yeah, how would you like maybe to follow one.
1: the Bengals or Bills and try to figure out what your team is going to be? Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the teams can be drafted maybe better than we thought. Yeah, yeah, they actually might be. Uh, they might be picking in the in the early twenties, if not the late teens. Considering the way that their seasons are. But well, good going. news, Bengals fans, you can replace T. Higgins. Oh, you don't have to worry about that. You have plenty of options with T. Higgins if the season keeps going the way that it is. So I want to I want to tackle uh, where the media has the Chiefs going in the first round, and I want to start with Pro Football Focus. I, I think one of the better organizations as far as evaluating talent for the draft. And they've got the Chiefs taking Jalen Polk, wide receiver out of Washington. (laughs) Guy that you really like. A guy that's really started to climb up boards there. Um, Started the year as the number three wide receiver in Washington behind Romo Dunze and uh, Jalen McMillan. He has slowly but surely climbed up. McMillan has had some injury issues that have prevented him from playing the last few weeks. And so Jalen Polk has had that, chance to really show what he can do and he shined in that role i can't remember what i've seen
1: chris so many schools with so many schools with multiple receivers or three in washington's case there's a few three. schools yeah oh yeah like schools. brian thomas lsu Malik usc's neighbors. got some good receivers USC's got florida multiple. state's texas got um, texas has adi mitchell texas, and xavier yeah. worthy manuel buka Marvin harrison jr Ohio State, Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson, Florida State. I mean, you go on and on. But uh, Jalen Polk is interesting. He's 6'2, 190. So it kind of falls in that that over six foot category. I mean, most
0: of these guys are going to be over six foot wide receiver. I think Xavier Worthy is the only one that's under six feet that's considered potentially a first rounder. Xavier
1: Worthy is interesting, too, because he returns kicks as well. And that's been a guy marked to the Chiefs.
0: uh, He's been picked a lot for the Chiefs late in the first round.
1: But I'll say this: um, Jalen Polk, though, is interesting because he was nowhere near getting the run at the beginning of the year that he's getting now.
0: Six-one is Xavier Worthy. Yeah, it was actually Lab McConkie. I'm tripping. It's, it's Lab McConkie's
1: just a tad under, but uh, man, he's been climbing boards too. Speaking of yeah, he has. And we talked we talked a lot about him yep.
0: the last couple weeks. But yeah, Jalen Polk is uh, definitely an interesting option right now. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens with the Combine because I think that is really going to kind of determine where his value is because he really came on this year. So the question is going to be how better of an athlete are you than the rest of the guys at your position. So that will be interesting there. For Sports Illustrated, they put out a three-round mock. First round, they've got the Chiefs taking Brian Thomas Jr., your guy at an LSU wide receiver. Second round they've gotten taken Jordan Morgan, a tackle out of Arizona. And in the third round, they've gotten Azir Stackhouse, a defensive tackle from Georgia, and the third, um all positions are need here. We're real yes. quick on Brian Thomas. Right.
1: He, he he's about six four, six five. Yeah, he's tall. And Very tall. He's like he's like a Marquez Valdez scantling type. He's, he's got thirteen touchdowns. I mean, the guy is a red zone threat. He's got more than Malik Neighbors. He has more than Marvin Harrison Jr. Marvin Harrison Jr. has twelve. Malik or Brian Thomas has been an absolute positive stud. He's got, uh, for what he does, hey, he's just one of the more impressive guys to me because he kind of, you know, off the radar a little bit at first because everybody's talking about Malik neighbors at LSU, which they should. But uh, yeah, he's been an incredible, incredible player. And if you haven't seen him play, most people I say they have seen that have talked to about LSU games will say, hey, man, what do you think about Brian Thomas? Yeah. I'm like, I like Brian Thomas a lot.
0: Yeah, like I said, he reminds me a lot of of Marquez Valdez Scantling. Tall, fast. Um. Don't don't say that. <laughs> I mean, just the type. Not obvious. Like, I think we could both agree Marquez is one of those guys that should be producing more than than he is oh, based I like on his yes. But I'm just saying, man, based on his talent, but, I'm just talking yeah. about talent. Like, okay, I should be a, comparisons. Yeah, him. I'm just saying that, like, just from that part, he should be producing more based on the talent that he has. Brian Thomas Jr. very similar in that he is tall he's got some speed to him and i think that that could definitely give him an advantage at the professional level Well
1: honestly that's why i like MVS is he's six four frame he runs a four three seven i mean he was a combine stud and a couple years ago he had the you know the fastest timed
0: right. on field uh, yeah it
1: was like 22 miles an hour something like that but it's a great to be compared with that athletically uh and i kid kid earlier is is pretty good to have i just I'm just uh, thinking sky's the limit, right? I mean, again, yeah. eight receivers in the latest uh, 33rd mock. And that's going to be pretty accurate.
0: Yeah. And then um, CBS, a little bit of a head scratcher here. They've got the Chiefs taking Denzel Burke, cornerback out of Ohio State. And I understand this is kind of what happens with mock drafts, is they see outgoing players. And their th- first thought is, oh, that means they have to replace them. Because – if that player's leaving, they're going to have a hole on their roster. I can tell you this right now. I would be very surprised if the Chiefs went cornerback in the first round because they have a very good cornerback room outside of LeJarrius Sneed. Let's not forget, LeJarrius Sneed has had some injury issues the last couple years, yeah. and they've relied a lot on their young corners. Guys like Trent McDuffie, guys like Jalen Watson, guys like Joshua Williams. They're not hurting for corners right now. Like, if they're going to go corner... I would say that it'll be a luxurious Sneed type on the third day. A great athlete who has gone underappreciated, and they think they can coach him up into a professional corner. But I don't think they're going to go corner in the first two days.
1: No, I don't either because they, they have built you know, really the premises of what this team has done the last couple of years, Build up a secondary. You know it's worked. Yeah. It, it, it's right now second in the NFL uh, in, in passing. It's in passing defense. Um, they've done their job. They've shut down scoring as well. I mean, obviously, the whole defense has, but they're sitting number two in, in scoring defense, and they've been incredible, but they've been so heavy on that. Five defensive backs who are rookies playing last year's Super Bowl. I think they could afford maybe not to dabble in those waters, and it really depends on Snead, which direction they go.
0: I mean, I I think we're both in agreement. Snead's probably going to be playing for another team in 2024. I just don't think that losing Snead is something that, needs to be heavily addressed with the high draft pick because I think that they've prepared to lose Lejarius need since before last season. I think they were pretty resolute, we got to get bigger, we got to get uh we got to get stronger at that position, we got to get better tacklers at that position. And we got to get guys like the Chiefs right now are top 5 in man coverage usage in the league. Uh on defense, I believe that the Chiefs Are going to to prioritize getting someone like him, but they're not going to necessarily go and get him per se. Plus, I think also they might already have that guy in their roster in Chamari Connor because we know they like Chamari Connor. We know that he plays that similar style that Snead does. He's not the the cover guy that Snead is, but he is someone that can blitz from that slot position. That can be that more physical tackling style of DB. I think that, that he's their kind of guy, and maybe he's going to be the one that kind of plays that role that Sneed was playing before outside of the corner.
1: Yeah, he was my favorite draft pick by the Chiefs just because of his versatility, plays a nickel, play play any corner, and safety. I mean, he just does it all. Right. And, he, again, he led Virginia Tech in sacks in 2019. I mean, it wasn't very many at that point. It was like four or five. But, but he does a lot. He's shown the propensity to get to the quarterback. So I think all in all, that was a – Something to hold over luxurious need either for the contract to give you another one. It's something the Chiefs don't often do, or oh, and move on because a lot of times, like like you said, they'll they'll draft somebody and you can tell the writing's kind of on the wall. Yeah. for the play. And it, this goes even back before.
0: Beach. It just
1: goes John Peck, John Dorsey. John did Dorsey it. did a lot. Yeah. He only did it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times they they'll draft uh, offensive lineman. And you'll see, okay, that's somebody to replace. That's the next starting somebody, left tackle. Derek Fisher. That's the next guard,
0: that. you know, something like that. And not, not only that, and we've talked about this before. Like, we talked about this during the summer. The Chiefs are not a team that's going to hand out middle-class contracts like that. They're just not. And they would have to give out a middle-class, Charverius Ward-type contract for LeJarrius Sneed. Because Sneed ain't going to go for cheap. He's not coming back on a one I'd be surprised if he comes back on a one-year deal. I think that this is a prime situation. He goes and gets good money from a team that needs a good, big physical corner that they can put on the outside against top receivers, and they're going to pay a good price for that, and the Chiefs will already have the backup plan ready to go. So, yeah, I just I don't think that Denzel Burke or any corner is going to be there in the first round, and the Chiefs are going to be like, yeah, we got to go get that. Um, USA Today had a two-round mock that they put out. And in the first round, they've got the Chiefs taking wide receiver out of Ohio State, Emeka Egbuka. And then in the second round, they got them taking Jeremiah Trotter Jr., linebacker out of Clemson.
1: One of, one of the guys on our watch list yes. to watch because he makes plays makes play. all a, the time. He's a big
0: playmaker in that, in that on that Clemson defense.
1: Uh, if Ebuka was still there at that point, it's good. He's been hurt a little bit. But, the, I mean, we're talking top 10 pick when things first came out. And I still see... You know, ten to twenty, to something like that. So if he's still there at the end of the first round, by the way, as far as these receivers, because of course it's loaded with everybody thinks Chiefs should get a wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, now, <let's> see. yeah. <laughs> the record is seven wide receivers in the first round back in two thousand four. We had six in two thousand twenty, but an NFL record, thirteen wide receivers went in the first two rounds. That record'll be broken this, this year, year. For that, sure. For sure. They'll, they'll at least, at minimum, tie first-round receivers at seven. Could go over to eight. But it's interesting we see how the, these receivers. Here's the thing with Egbuka. We've talked about it before. Ohio State. Again, I don't know if the Chiefs grab uh, the second receiver at Ohio State sitting where they're at. and Here's the other interesting thing. We mentioned earlier that all these, these teams have multiple players. We, that's the toughest thing in the draft to do when you're evaluating talent. When you say, okay, there's two wide receivers, three wide receivers here. Who drew the best corner for the other team? Who's the
0: focus of the defense? Because
1: when you're when you're watching these college teams, you know, a lot of them may have one guy that plays in the NFL as a defensive back. And it might be a fourth or fifth round pick. But if he's going against like a Kool-Aid in the Kent Street, something like that, you'll say, All right, well, who'd Nick Saban put Kool-Aid on? Which receiver like LA played LSU? Okay, Malik Neighbors, Brian Thomas. One guy's drawing Kool-Aid at, I think they both faced him a little bit in yeah, that game. Yeah. But that's the most dangerous thing. The Chiefs have found this out. Ryan Sims is on the same defensive line as Julius Peppers. We've seen more and more teams with with people taking, you know, defensive line both on on a good one. I think this can be a challenge for wide receivers in this year's draft because some guys are putting up big numbers. But you know what? It's because of maybe the attention one of the other receivers. Like Ibuka. Marvin Harrison Jr. is gonna draw double teams. He's drawing corner and he's drawing safety help. So it, when you see Agbuka put up numbers, you're sitting there going
0: That's the thing that concerns me too. Which
1: by the way, Jackson Smith uh in, in, in Jigba.
0: Good job. Good job. Is
1: put up <laughs> by the way, he's been putting up Incredible numbers this past yeah, month. He it, yeah, he is. Speaking of Ohio State. Some of that's come receivers. at the
0: expense of like D.K. Metcalf yeah. and or Tyler Lockett. Yeah, but speaking of wide receivers from Ohio State. Yeah, but he is he is starting to find his way now. But, yeah, that's the concern I have with the Mecca is that he's the number two guy. And he has not, like, we have not talked about him very much. No, on we the, ha- We've brought him up as a player to watch. But we have not talked about him like, oh, my God, he just killed it this week. No, we haven't. But here's the thing.
1: I mean, we, going back to having multiple guys. Garrett Wilson obviously stud in the NFL. Chris Olave obviously stud in the NFL. They were in the same receiver room at Ohio State. Oh, by the way, Jackson Smith and Jigba was better than all
0: all those guys. He was, he was.
1: He was better than Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. So that was that was a wide receiver room with three kind of playmaking type wide and, receivers. And, all, and they're all
0: good. Yeah, and uh, Garrett Wilson Olave have both been awesome. Garrett Wilson, thousand yard receiver last year. Olave was pretty close, I think, to a thousand yards last year, and he's having a good year this year, so Um, certainly we can see that, uh, at least Wilson and, uh, and Olave have, have been really good at the NFL level. Jackson Smith and Jigba starting to come along now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do worry about Egbuka because he is not the focus of the defense. It is Marvin Harrison Jr. It is Travion Henderson. It's guys like that that are drawing away the attention, and he's not having to deal with that. So, yeah, I am. I That does concern me about it. So, I don't know if I'd be 100% on the Egg bandwagon if they decided to go that route. I, I'd have to see some more once they get to mini camp and then eventually training camp.
1: You, you still want to see more production. Again, like, he hasn't played all those games. His, yeah. His last five games, though, I mean, look at these numbers one for 12 yards, four for 29, three yeah. for 40 seven for 96 is more mm-hmm. kind of you know how he's characterized in four for 57 but, but he's just the other there he is the 27 for 344 um in seven games this year yeah but you gotta remember like last year he had 74 for eleven fifty one, ten right. 10 touchdowns i mean that was like he's he's definitely insane.
0: suffered from the lack of yeah. cj stroud there and the that's the thing that kind of concerns me. It's like, you know, if you were never the guy during your time there, it's like, yeah, maybe Eggbook is probably falling out of the first round, I kind of yeah. feel like. And then as for Jeremiah Trotter Jr., maybe I kinda have my doubts though. Um with Drew Tranquil being a guy that they really like now, and with Leo Chanel really coming along. Yeah, if they along, bring Drew back. If they bring him back, but I kind of feel like they will because I think he'll be cheaper than Gay. Will I think gay? Yeah, I, I, I don't think Gay's going to be back next year. It's a so, position I
1: do believe they need, but I'd put it probably in fourth or fifth in the hierarchy. Right. I would
0: I would say that like they'll probably see if they can get Drew Tranquil back on a cheaper deal. Or hope that Leo Chanel takes that next step forward. Because Chanel's already a great run defender. He's just not a guy you can play in pass coverage right now. So maybe he takes that next step forward as a as a as a coverage linebacker and then they don't have to make that move. Yeah. But I, I don't see them going linebacker in the second round this year, even though I like Jeremiah Trotter Jr. Um moving on here, 33rd team had the Chiefs taking Xavier Worthy, wide receiver out of Texas, which I'd be cool with. A guy that if of the wide receivers I have seen mock to the Chiefs a lot, he's one of the most common ones I've seen uh, really since the beginning of the college football season. So Tavian Sanders, the tight end from Texas, was kind of the – Another option, too. He's well, been the popular tight end He was the popular
1: option. pick for the Chiefs in early mocks. But yes. you're right, it's been a lot of Xavier Worthy. It's been a
0: ton of Xavier Worthy. So I, I, I'd be cool with that. I like Xavier Worthy a lot. Um, the Athletic had them taking Tyler Guyton, a tackle out of Oklahoma, uh, I like, I talked to, we talked about this a few weeks ago. I don't think they're taking a tackle high in the draft anymore because, uh, what game was that they played? Uh, it was the Chargers game. One snap, Donovan Smith out. <laughs> they put Wanye in. They put Wanye right
1: there at left tackle.
0: And they don't, and it was just one snap. But I believe that if Donovan Smith could not have gone in that second half, Wanye would have played the entire second half at left tackle. They dressed him. They hadn't dressed him all season long. I don't get one, but they dressed him.
1: When you get one at the end of the first round, okay, we probably look at what you do in the second round or third round. Right.
0: I mean, I feel like they are – I think that they're perfectly content with Wanye. I think Wanye, they looked at him and they were like, this could be a potential swing tackle for us. He played on both sides in college. So if whatever happens with Jawan, we can put Wanye on the other side of that, and we can give him a redshirt year to learn. If and I think that's the reason why Donovan Smith was brought in. Let's bring him in. Let's have Donovan teach him how to play left tackle because he hasn't played it since he was at Tennessee, and then we're gonna work him up there. And it, I think that they are start. I think they're feeling comfortable enough with Wanye. To throw him out there. Because they very could have easily made another switch. They could have put Allegretti in and moved Tooney over to left tackle. Something that they did, I think, last year when they had an injury with Orlando Brown Jr. So, um, I think if they had to, if they felt like they absolutely did not trust Wanye, they wouldn't have put him out there in that situation. So, I kind of doubt that first round they're going to go tackle. If they go tackle, maybe third round, fourth round, something around there.
1: But I, I'm not it, It's a
0: tough decision
1: because it is somebody to protect Mahomes. I mean, you yeah. got to understand that. But there's – I don't know. When it comes to Mahomes, which you should be, centered around your draft for, you have to make a decision. Right. Do we need a weapon for him? Clearly, he needs weapons right. on offense. Yeah. Does he need people to protect him? Yeah. The Chiefs right now sits number one in the NFL and fewest sacks given up.
0: Yeah, and a lot of that is Mahomes. Mahomes' ability to move around and avoid sacks – um, he probably would be sacked a lot more because these receivers struggle to get open. But I do think that uh, Mahomes aids the tackles a lot in avoiding sacks. And I think that that ge- that kind of makes the job of the tackles a bit easier. Because, you know, if you get beat, unless you just get wildly beat, like immediately one move, you're, you, you lose that rep. I mean, unless you, that happens you know, Mahomes will bail you out with his mobility. So I think the Chiefs are more than welcome to go out there and let Juanye Morris learn on the job a bit next year if they really feel comfortable with this progress. Um, SB Nation had the Chiefs taken Rome Odunze, wide receiver out of Washington. I'll say this right now. I don't think he's going to be there at 31. No, or 32 or wherever they're picking at the ba- back of the end of the first round.
1: I think he's what top 15. 33rd, I can't remember if they had him. Going extremely high. Yeah, I think, I think they, they had like him like right after 10. Harrison. I think it was like right after. Harrison. I think they, had, they had Harrison is the top when they had Malik Neighbors number two. Okay, so he was and he was right so around there. Keon Malik Neighbors was eight, and then yeah. Keon it was it was right around with Keon Coleman. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I I I do not think Odunze is going to be there late in the first round. Like if that happened, something was off. Like there's something wrong with him if he fell that far. Like. Injury or medical or behavioral something happened that cost him draft position because he's too talented to be going late first round. (laughs) Then Sporting News had the Chiefs taking Keon Coleman, wide receiver out of Florida State, one of my favorite receivers in this draft class. Uh, He's 6'4", bigger bodied guy, but he's got some speed to him. He's got some agility to him. And I think he could end up being the most dangerous receiver in this draft class because of that. So um, I'm a little skeptical about it because I kind of feel like he's going to kill it at the combine and at his pro day. And if that happens, I think his draft stock's going to explode. I think he could end up being the number two receiver taken behind Marvin Harrison Jr. The former uh, Kansas football recruit.
1: I actually committed there. He did. Uh, But another guy that returns kicks. So that's another two folds more value there for the Kansas City Chiefs, and when you think about the, and he's, he's a big returner too. He's six foot four. He's huge, six foot four, And Odunze, we just talked about six three. Again, big physical wide receivers.
0: Um, Walter Football, this is ridiculous. (laughs) This is ridiculous. I almost didn't put this on here. Walter Football has the Chiefs taking Malik Neighbors wide receiver. I wish, man.
1: (laughs) I wish. Neighbors is my second favorite Yes, he's my second
0: favorite wide receiver in his draft class. I love him. He's Mr. Consistent. All he does is get 10 10 catches over 100 yards and usually a touchdown every other game. Did you see that? That was a record because it was 10 catches. It's a record, wasn't it? 10 catches, 150-plus yards. That's all he does. Oh, he does—he's good for ten and a hundred every game. Like every game, ten and a hundred. That's all he does—is get ten catches and a hundred. He's producing right now, like Stefan Diggs is right now for the Bills. Just like every time he's out there, good for for ten catches, hundred plus yards every single week.
1: And if, I do believe that was a record that he set.
0: If, if it was, I wouldn't be surprised because this is NFL-level production that my neighbors is putting up right now. Like, top, like, number one, top five receiver production. Every week, you know he's going to catch the ball a bunch. You know he's going to run after the catch. Like, he he had a play against Florida where he just simple hitch route on a third and, third and medium, caught it, turned it into, like, a 20, 30-yard reception, just caught it, turned around, and just ran. Just He's very slippery, like, that's the kind of stuff that you want at an NFL receiver. Ryan reminds and me a lot Kenner, of. Go ahead. He reminds me a lot of of Stephon Diggs. Like just consistent. He's a great route runner. I I, I would be shocked if he fell this far. Kind of reminds me of someone that played there, Jamar Chase. Yeah, yeah. You know they. I don't think he's quite smooth. as. Ex, I don't think he's quite as explosive as Chase is, but he's very silky smooth when he when he's running his routes when he catches it after the pass. I mean, when he, when he runs after the catch, like everything about him. Is just smooth. It just looks easy. It was six for 132. He had 10 for 171, then
1: four for 121. Gosh, who was it that had the three straight? Was it, uh, it wasn't Keon hadn't put up those numbers in the last three No, I don't, I don't think so. I don't remember, but, uh, yeah, but Keon puts up, numbers, but, but, uh, um, you can't go wrong in LSU.
0: LSU, knows LSU, the just draft. they make they make great wide receivers. <laughs> they always have them. I mean, it's like it's like if you want to get a running back, Alabama's a great place to go get a running back because they always seem to have good running backs. You want to get an edge rusher, Ohio State's a great place to go get your edge rusher. Defensive tackles generally play play their uh, the best ones a lot of times will play at ten, at uh at Clemson. Uh, you want to get a tight end? Go look at Iowa. Kirk Ferentz is only throwing to tight ends there. He doesn't throw to any wide receivers there. Um, so, there, I mean, there's just certain places that have certain positions that are really great constantly and wide receivers for LSU for sure. Um, another one I don't see happening. Yard Barker has the Chiefs taking uh, Cooper DeJean, cornerback out of Iowa. Again, corner, not a position I think the Chiefs will will address in the first round. I think again, it'll be a luxurious need type, Joshua Williams type on the third day, somewhere there they're going to be like, okay, we really like this guy because he's a great athlete, and we're going to take a shot on him. I just don't think that they need to have a a corner hop. Yeah, I don't think they make a justification for getting Trent McDuffie
1: like they did uh, two years ago right. in the first round. That is, that is, again different needs.
0: It, and it, and McDuffie's going to get a big contract when his when his. Once they get through his fifth-year option, he's going to get a big contract. Like, there's no, there's no, there's no way around it. He's going to get a huge, pretty hefty extension, I think. Um, then you've got ESPN. Jordan Reed from ESPN put out a, a mock draft. He's got them taking Troy Franklin, a wide receiver out of Oregon. This was a guy I saw get a lot of hype in way too early at the beginning of the season. And then he kind of slowly disappeared from the mocks, And there hadn't been any hype for him. And then recently, you started to see him get more hype. And you look at him, and he's producing very well for Oregon right now. Bo Nix, guy, main threat. Bo Nix has had a hell of a season this year, and uh, he's the top guy (laughs) there for Bo Nix. Put it this way, you talk about big plays. He had two catches, 147
1: yards. Yeah, a lot of yards. Against USC, a touchdown. In three straight games, four out of the last five. Week before that, six for seventy nine, eight for ninety nine, four for seventy nine, and eight for one fifty four. Uh, he's six two, over one hundred and seventy pounds. Again, it's big, and he's getting a lot of run now because of Oregon, obviously, yeah, and how well they're playing. him. Bo next that's currently the number one in the Heisman Trophy odds, a wide receiver or a quarterback. It's his main guy.
0: Yeah, he's he's definitely working his way up. So I definitely think that's someone to look out for especially as we get into combine season and whatnot because I really do think if he performs well at the senior bowl if he does participate in it and if he then has a really strong combine I think that's a guy could end up rising boards even more and maybe even replace like an Emeka Egbuka in the first round because I I really do think like a lot of teams are looking at this and like we got to Stock up on talent. There's all these great quarterbacks, especially in the AFC. Let's stock up on talent to make it easier for them. And then finally, the the last mock draft pick that uh, I saw, Fox Sports had the Chiefs taking Keon Coleman, wide receiver out of Florida State. Again, if we're doing hierarchy of guys, I'd love the Chiefs to have at wide receiver in this draft. Number one, obviously, Marvin Harrison Jr. Number two, Malik Neighbors. Number three would be Keon Coleman. I love this kid. Uh the fact that he's that height, six four, with that kind of athleticism, that speed, that agility, the fact that he can return kicks at six four. Like what what guys over six two do you know are returning kicks? Just freakish like that.
1: athletes. Yeah. That, that have all that talent. And one thing is with these mocks, you see the wide receiver talent. I'll tell you what, a lot of time a lot of years, if it wouldn't for Marvin Harrison Jr. and it would, be a, it would be a race to see which one of these guys was the first overall. I think Malik Neighbors could have been the first overall receiver taken. Keon Coleman yeah. uh, could put himself where he could have been the first wide receiver taken. But without Marvin Harrison Jr., you're looking at a host of guys that could make an argument being the first wide receiver taken. Again, I think if you you want a receiver, this is the draft to do it. Again, 2004, he had seven wide receivers in the first round. That was a record. Back in 2020, it was 13 in the first two rounds. This is going to rival that.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I the think... The second round is
1: going to be loaded as well.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. A uh, lot, like, you know, guys like Tez Walker and whatnot are probably going to be looking second round, maybe third round value there. I'll say this, man. Like, I do agree with you. If Malik Neighbors were in last year's draft, easy first receiver taken off the board. Like, easy. Would have been a top 10 guy, I think. Um, that's just how talented he is. That's why I think Luther Burden uh, is
1: in a great spot coming out next year. Yeah. Because he'd, he'd be kind of in the middle of the shuffle, lost in the shuffle of these great There years. would be
0: a big debate about him or Malik Neighbors as the second wide receiver. There might even be a debate about him and Marvin Harrison Jr. Like, there might be people out there that try to put that, like, put that conversation out there. But I, I, for sure. He's smaller. He's smaller. He's smaller, yeah. he's smaller but I, I, don't, I don't think teams really care about that, especially when you see guys like Jordan Addison kill it as rookies and Jackson Smith and Jigba starting to show something and Tank Dell You know, small guy, he's starting to show something now. So I think teams are starting to get past the whole size thing. So moving on to the prospect recap for the week, starting off LSU, Florida, um, Jaden Daniels, man. He went 17-26 for 372 passing yards, three passing touchdowns. He also had 12 carries for 234 yards. And two rushing touchdowns.
1: Yeah, say that again. Say that
0: 234. 200, he averaged almost 20 yards a carry, which was ridiculous to watch because, you know, I'm a Florida fan. So, I'm watching this. I'm just like, did they forget that Jaden Daniels can run? Is, is mainly known for his running than than his passing? He's, he's a good passer.
1: He's at this point in yeah. Yeah, the amount of losses LSU has. I mean, guys.
0: That'll prevent him
1: from winning. Well, I know, but you guys usually aren't even in the realm of this that it yeah. lost like LSU. Yeah. I mean What's with
0: LSU, what three losses now? I think I think they're three losses. I mean they're still a really talented team, and uh, you know they're, I mean there's they're gonna get really hit by the draft this coming season. 5-7-3, Yeah. Five, uh, seven and three, yep. Yeah. So yeah, they're 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 definitely going to get hit by the draft. But man, like Jaden Daniels, that's a guy. Like I said, I think second round. There's gonna be some teams out there. That are going to look to bring him in. They probably they've already got they got their quarterback right now, but they need a stopgap. They need they, I mean they need a future guy that they can develop. And I think Jaden Daniels is going to be that. Project this goes back to when he's at
1: Arizona State does both things well throw run. You know he does everything yeah. around.
0: Uh Malik Neighbors had eight had six receptions for 132 yards. Uh, again, just Mister Consistent. Um, Brian Thomas Jr. six catches 150 yards, two receptions. <laughs> Two touchdowns. The funny thing is, Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas with Jaden Daniels. Yeah, I mean they're both performing. I don't think we have to worry about the 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 second guy syndrome with Brian Thomas Jr. because he's also as well one of the top touchdown. I think he's the top touchdown scorer for wide receivers this year. I think he leads the FBS, but I think he's also top ten in receiving yards as well. I think he's like number seven or eight. So um, he's really producing a lot, and he's really showing showcasing that he's not just the other next to malik neighbor so that's a good sign for him and then also ricky Pearsall for florida seven catches 103 receiving yards probably a late round guy um but that's a guy i would i would look at depending on if he goes to a good system good quarterback he could be a surprise receiver which i think 14? as far as the
1: chiefs are concerned you know i do think they got to go first round wide receiver but don't leave the draft one yeah draft two or three and get yeah. the guy like pierce later on
0: yeah like third day just take go. a shot at him i mean a guy like because he's he's not a speedster or anything but he's a good route runner he's a justin watson type guy and if you can get a guy like him and he develops into a pretty good second receiving option for your team you're feeling pretty damn good about that or even a good slot option cuz yeah. you you do have Rashi Rice still so if he turns into a good slot option you're feeling pretty damn good about <laughs> the future of your team so um then uh, for Kansas State they had uh Ben Sennett, three receptions for 68 yards and a touchdown uh this past weekend um i i feel like he's been very consistent generally somewhere over that 50 yard somewhere that 40 to 60 yard range for for yards not getting a ton of targets, but, you know, tight ends, is unless you're Brock Bowers, you're not going to see a ton of targets at the collegiate level. Ben is
1: a guy you'll see on down in football with like five for 45 and two touchdowns. Yeah. He'll get a couple in the And goal. you'll be like, where the hell did this dude
0: come from? Like, Benson is, I think he's probably going to be like maybe a third or fourth round guy. But I think whoever gets him is going to have a guy that could eventually break out. And I think that's what you're looking for at tight end, Is You're looking for a guy who could break out. He's he's not a guy you're going to up up, line up wide all the time. He's going to be a guy you're going to want to line up in the actual traditional tight end spot a lot. Um, he's a guy that does block out there, but he's you can move him everywhere. You can play H-back. You can play slot. He can play wide. I mean, this kid's talented. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr., seven catches, 149 yards and a touchdown. He's got three straight games with two touchdowns. Two touchdowns in three of his last six games.
1: Yeah, it's unbelievable. And you know he had what twenty five yards receiving the game before. Yeah, but two more touchdowns. Yeah, <laughs> so he's been an albeit guy. I just thought that was kind of interesting to have two touchdowns in uh, three straight games. Yeah, uh, that's
0: incredible. And that's and that's what you want to see from a guy in his position where he's clearly number one at his position. We getting two a game. And three. a potential number one overall pick. Like, he might be the number yeah, one overall Matter of
1: fact, pick. a lot of these mocks do have him instead of Caleb. Yeah, I've seen some. I've seen I especially more mocks that have that than the other way around. Because
0: I'll, I'll say this. Like, let's say the Cardinals end up with the number one overall pick. It would make more sense to me for them to go Marvin Harrison Jr. than for them to go Caleb Williams. Because it's going to be really hard for you to trade Kyler Murray because he hasn't played very much the last couple of years, hasn't played great the last couple of years, but you know what you could do to help him out? You go get him probably, I mean, a guy who's probably the closest thing you have to a superstar receiver in this draft class. Like he's as close to you're going to get as a sure thing at that position in this draft class. So uh, I think I would very much consider Marvin Harrison Jr. at number one, if I were them, though, I will say this, the Panthers look terrible. And the Panthers could very well be the team to go take him in the first round at number one overall if they don't try to trade out of that. Uh, actually, no, no, no. It's the Bears. The Bears the have Bears the Panthers have their pick. pick. So the Bears got a choice. Bears, yeah, because you want to stay got with a Justin
1: Fields. you willing to give up that.
0: Uh, the Bears got a choice. Man. Yeah, you're willing
1: to give that up or you want a serious play, Because I can see Marvin Harrison Jr. He's perennial Pro Bowl yeah. every single year. Yeah,
0: and, and the thing is the Bears are not good, so they could, they could feasibly – uh, draft him number one overall, and then take a quarterback as well because they're not good. So they could go get quarterback and wide receiver in the first, get draft, the first five. It'd be like
1: a Burrow, Jamar Chase. Exactly. where you draft them.
0: Exactly, you draft him. Or in the same draft, you had Burrow and T Higgins, and they it's turned Burrow and T good, Higgins. Good then you had Jamar Chase come later. The next year. Yeah, so like that's a good. That would be a good position. And they they didn't get Penay
1: Sewell because even though he's a, you know good offensive line, right. they, they needed offensive line. They but do that battery then choice. To have Burrow with this guy because Bur- Jamar wanted Blitnikoff with right. him back at LSU. Yeah, on a same team that had Justin Jefferson as the number two receiver.
0: Um, Titli Williams, defensive tackle for Ohio State, got a sack in uh, Ohio State's game this weekend, so he's showing a little something there from the uh, from the inside spot on the D line. Latin McConkey continuing his run of being the more most dependable. Uh, wide receiver, pass catcher for Georgia since the injury to Brock Bowers. seven cat Four catches, 81 yards and a touchdown. On that Georgia
1: team for back-to-back national titles. Yep, yeah,
0: so he's starting to show something. That was a guy going into the season you heard could potentially break out. Took him a little bit, but he's really showing something. We also had the return of Brock Bowers, who came back from that ankle injury probably a lot earlier than I that think both of us surgery, thought it like
1: Missed two games. High ankle sprain, three yeah. for thirty four to touch. By the way, the surgery must be pretty good. Yeah, it must remember. be pretty
0: good. You come back from that. And you have surgery right after. Well, and Mims you come back had faster. that surgery for George as well. Yeah, and he's, he's uh, not like back the yet. first run guy. Yeah, so like that's 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 good for Br- Bowers. Bowers doesn't need like I don't think he needs this for draft purposes. I think he's probably going to end up being top ten anyways. But it's still, it's still a good look for him to get back and come back and be productive. Because we talked about a couple weeks ago when he, when he first got hurt.
1: It's like this guy really likes to be out there. He'll be back out there for this team. He he'll wants do, it. he'll, he'll, he'll wants be back it there as soon the ring, as he man. can.
0: Yeah, he cares. That man, he, and that's the kind of guy that a lot of teams want because they Mims like did it. come back, by the way. Oh, did he? Okay, yeah. Cool. That's good for him, too. Um, but, yeah, like. Got teams like guys like that who are willing to go out and do whatever they can to get back on the field. And Marius Mims,
1: the offensive lineman for Georgia, yeah, he's tackle, a tackle.
0: So. He's, he was considered one of the best right tackles in the in the uh, draft for this year. A lot of people liked him better than Broderick Jones, who was taken last year by the uh, earlier this year by the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, at fourteen overall. So yeah, Mims could definitely be a, an interesting option. Could be a guy that that does end up in the first round. Um, JJ McCarthy. Boy, did not play well against Penn State. And Penn State's defense—they <laughs> didn't, they didn't throw the ball. You know, he had seven. Uh, he had eight attempts, seven of eight for sixty yards passing. It was an interesting. No, seven track. of eight though. It was an interesting. It experience. was like nineteen forties football, the way that they ran that team with JJ. That was an interesting strategy.
1: That uh, this it worked. It
0: worked. They ended up winning the game pretty comfortably. But it was still a very weird game to just see them try to play like this was 1940s before they, you know, way before they had the not, Mel Blount No, he did not coach in this game. He's he's all he. he He suspended the rest of the season from being on the sidelines during games for Michigan because of the whole sign-stealing scandal.
1: But he's got a hearing this Friday.
0: He does have a – and they are – the school is attempting to sue to get that order rescinded. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, I mean, that was just a weird-ass game. Um, But it helped out Blake Corum. He got 26 carries.
1: 44 carries.
0: Yes. Blake (laughs) Corum had 26 carries for 145 and two touchdowns. Donovan Edwards had 10 carries for 52 yards. And his yards per carry has been down this year, Donovan yes, Edwards. But the yes. one thing about him is he catches the ball a ton. Yeah. I think this could going to be a guy that to
1: teams like because of uh, what he can do out of the backfield catching the football. I mean, he's been a go-to guy um, for Michigan this year. He's got 24 catches, 225 yards this year. So Donovan's been used more in that role.
0: Yeah, and there's a ton of value there being a pass catching back because like, we see this a lot in the NFL now. You have your running back that is just going to get the carries. They're going to be the guy that's going to get 12 to 15 carries every game. Then the second back a lot of times is the receiving back. They might get like four or five carries a game maybe, uh, depending on how much they, the team runs the football, but they're good for like two to three receptions a game. And I think that's where we're seeing that that situation with Edwards and Corum. Corum's kind of becoming the – the the traditional running back and then you've got edwards who's more the pass catcher
1: yeah blake so. corms 10 for 63 i will say this though his yards per carry Dominic edwards way down not good he was over seven yards a carry a season ago he's at 3.4 this year
0: yeah and we're seeing we're kind of seeing that across the board with a lot of players in in football in general like josh jacobs for the raiders last year over five yards per carry led the league in rushing this year he's barely over three yards per carry so uh, and he's gotten the most touches of any running back in the league. So, you know, that's, that's going to happen now, especially if teams know you're going to run the football a lot. They're going to key in on the run more, and it, it makes it more difficult to be able to do it successfully. But I'll be interested to see what happens with Quorum, because as you see that shrink, you know, the, the shrink in production like that, and you've got a two-back system, it makes you wonder if a team's really going to use a high pick, like a second-day pick, on a running back that really is just a volume guy, but isn't great at getting getting high yards per carry, you know, great efficiency with their carries. So there is some concern there. Um then for Florida State, you got Johnny Wilson Jr., five catches for 82. Um, he's really like I think I think he's super consistent, super solid. I don't think he's ever gonna be like uh I think the best case scenario for him is Mike Evans. And, like, Mike Evans is a great receiver. Mike Evans doesn't get as much respect as he deserves. But Mike Evans is not a flashy guy going to go out. Like, I don't think at any point we've ever considered Mike Evans to be the best receiver in football. But you look at his production, it's among the best.
1: Interesting size with him. Six foot seven, almost 240 pounds. he's massive. It's kind of a twinner between tight end and wide receiver. Exactly. Blocking-wise, not not tight end level. But you flex him out like a tight end.
0: I imagine that he's going to get similar usage to Kelsey where they're going to move him a lot and try to play him more in the slot where he'll line up wide, move into the slot, get a little motion in and basically just see if they can try to get the same kind of production where he's just going to run short possession style routes, catch the ball, see what he can do after the catch. I mean, that's kind of what they're doing with him at Florida state right now. Anyways, like, they're not throwing the football down the field to him. He's mainly just going to catch it in a, in a medium, short to medium range, run after the catch. He's big. He's hard to tackle. I, I think that's kind of what you're going to see with Johnny Wilson Jr. Um, and I, I think it works for him. I think it's great. I think he's going to be a first-round pick. I think he's going to be a Mike Evans type where he's just going to produce very well but he's not going to be a guy that's going to be super flashy and blow you away with the production. It's just like, oh, yeah, Johnny Wilson Jr., he's good for 1,000 this year. He's good for 70, 80 catches, you know, five, six touchdowns. He's good for that. Like, I think that's kind of going to be where he's going to be at. Um, then you got Jaheem Bell, who's starting to get some notoriety there, a guy that you like, three catches, 41 yards. So not going to get a ton of usage when you've got Keon Coleman on your team with four for 24 Uh, and johnny wilson jr but still you know for a smaller tight end uh you do want to see him get involved in that and it's good to see jaheem bell getting that production then you got michael Penix jr who leads the fbs in passing yards still he was 24 for 42 332 uh with two touchdowns dylan johnson is running back starting to make a name for himself he had 22 23 carries for 104 yards and a touchdown. And then his two wide receivers, his top two wide receivers that played in the game, Rome Odunze, three catches for 111, two touchdowns. And Jalen Polk, four catches for for 55 yards. Two
1: guys that have been mocked to the
0: Chiefs. Yes. I, like I said, I, I'm not confident that Odunze will be I think be he's there. gone. But I think Jalen Polk is an option for them late in the first round. Um, then you've got Caleb Williams. Nineteen and thirty-four for two ninety-one and a touchdown. I kind of feel like he's lost a little bit of steam here the last month or so. At least he's still playing. He's, play- he about, is you know, play. he's, he's playing. He's playing. He's playing. Remember a month ago, their whole deal was uh do we still want these guys do do is he still the top well, quarterback we called it out before draft?
1: the year started and said usc extremely talented yes. that defense they're gonna be Not let good. up they're gonna be let up after by... the
0: San state game we both yeah. knew like i i was like, a okay there's yeah there's yeah. an issue with this defense <laughs> i i i will say this i think his wide receiver group is is a little bit disappointing um I think like Dorian Singer was a guy that was really you were starting to see you were, you saw some hype and Mario Williams Mario pre-season. Williams Taj Washington who's was kind Burton of like starting to gain
1: Jay Rice's son yeah yeah
0: I just don't feel like any of those guys are elite like those guys are like, no first rounders them no absolutely not like maybe late third round like mid to late third round and then after that probably third day picks but I mean I just I I'm not seeing that from him and it kind of feels like he's just carrying this team. That is talented, but is not nearly as talented as the teams that they're playing against. Um, Bo Nix uh, in the in in that game also new Heisman favorite man twenty three for thirty one four hundred twelve passing yards four touchdowns man Bo Nix I think is really he's making himself some money man he, I think he's making I, himself a lot of money
1: I, I see him as top fifteen in mock drafts now lately yes to, for a guy that was fringe first rounder to begin the year has now put himself about fifteen
0: I think. You got Caleb as the first quarterback. Then I think you got... Drake May. They probably Drake May, even though I like Penix better. Then you got Penix, and then I think you got Bo Nix, which is crazy because you, you remember Bo Nix before he was at Oregon. He was at Auburn, yeah. He was at Auburn. He, you saw some problems. He did not play like this. But he did not play like this. He looked far from that. Even last year at Oregon, it was like, okay, He's made some improvements, but, like, that's not a guy I'm looking at as a potential elite, you know, top-end quarterback in the first round. Bo Nix has turned the corner now. Like, now we got to start talking about him up there with Penix and May. Not quite Caleb, but we got to talk about him there. He does have a lot of talent around him. You know, front – his offensive line is really, really strong. Um, But, man, like, he – I think he has made so much improvement in his game, in his reads, in his confidence – it is it's a far cry from what he did a couple years ago at Oliver. then he got quinn ewers made his return he had 22 He was 22 for uh 33 317 with a touchdown and a pick uh, i think quinn is put himself in a position where he's pretty comfortable uh pretty solid as a first round yeah first rounder yeah
1: um 100% i mean I, I don't think he's wavered from there no
0: i i think he's solidified himself as a first round i could see him Probably back into the teens there, somewhere between 15 and 20. A team that is looking to get younger at quarterback and develop them. Ewers is probably going to be their answer there. Jonathan Brooks, their running back of Texas, had 21 carries for 104 yards, two touchdowns, but he also had three catches for 74 yards. This is the value I'm talking about with Jonathan Brooks. Is like not only is he a hard runner as just a pure running, as a a pure uh, rusher, but his ability to catch and his ability to run after the catch, it gives him so much value in the, as, a, as a running back in the NFL because all these teams are looking for the unicorns like, like B. John Robinson, who hasn't quite had the, the start to his career I think a lot of people were hoping for. Uh, but he's like that. He can run, he can catch the football, and catching the football in today's NFL as, as a running back so valuable to a team. Then you've got Xavier Worthy guy that we have seen get mocked to the Chiefs a lot. Uh, He's got 10 catches for 137 in this game, very consistent. A.D. Mitchell, your guy, Uh, the other wide receiver there, three catches for 61 and a touchdown. Um, He is very quickly moving up draft boards. I think right now he's almost to a point where we can lock him in in the first round. We'll see what he does in combine. We'll see what he does pro day. But I think he's getting to a point where we can almost lock him into the first round. I think there's three three
1: to four guys that are first-round picks. I think, I, I, well, Ewers is, uh, is first-round. Xavier Worthy, first-round. A.D. Mitchell, fringe first-round, possibly second-round. Probably second-round. And then Jatavian Sanders.
0: Yeah. And Jatavian in that game also had four catches for 47 yards. And then Drake May for UNC, 28-43, 342 with a touchdown and a pick still kind of you know jeopardizing the ball a little bit some bad bad turnovers he had some games where he really didn't show much wasn't that impressive but i think for drake may it's not about what he produces it's about what he what the me, the talent he shows the arm talent the measurables like he he does make some amazing plays every now and then where it's like okay that's elite quarterback stuff in the nfl like he's just really starting to show that uh, just from an actual like talent standpoint that that's someone that you can invest in long term and that's i i think the the whole drake may versus Penix at number two as the second quarterback taken that's going to be a really interesting debate going into draft season um so going on to money makers here one guy you brought up uh that was mocked to the chiefs troy franklin two catches 142 yards and a touchdown um he's very quickly rising up draft boards then you got Malik Washington, wide receiver out of Virginia. Man, I was looking at his stats because he's top five in receiving yards. I think he's number four. A little
1: bit other size, 5'8", 5'9". Yeah, he's nine. Like five
0: 5'9". Yeah, he's, he's, he's listed at 5'9". He might actually be 5'8", because you know how it is. That a lot of times he's number teams two in the line. country. Number two in the country in receiving yards. Um, five straight 100-yard receiving games. Yeah, he's second in FBS in receiving yards. This guy is really starting to show out and i say this man it, if there was anybody that was a chiefs type of wide receiver it would be malik it would be malik washington the smaller speedier guy who can line up in different roles uh he's gonna be a guy i think it will be really interesting to watch down the stretch because he is very quietly he no hype right now mind you this guy's a fifth year senior like he's been he's been around for a while and he's not getting a lot of hype, and he's producing. And he's producing for a school that really isn't that great. Not a great football program there. Um, and then, finally, Jalen Green, an edge rusher for James Madison. Uh, he had 15 and a half sacks on the season. He did have last week a, a season-ending knee injury, so he's done for the year. That could very well affect his draft stock. But 15 and a half sacks that's something to look out for. No, it is. And there's one guy, Chris, I think deserves
1: to be in this category. Cody Schrader, <laughs> former Truman State running back, didn't have 100 yards yeah. rushing in the game last year. He's put himself on the map. He's the leading rusher in the SEC. He deserves a little bit of running. All right, So he has 205 yards rushing in a touchdown. He had five catches, 116 yards. First running back in the history of the SEC to have 200 yards rushing and at least 100 yards receiving. Cody Schrader, I even saw some people throw out some Austin Eckler.
0: <laughs> yeah. But he's yeah.
1: he's had a monster year, and, you know, him and Ray Davis, you know, from Kentucky kind of lead the SEC in rushing. But he's he's been fantastic this year. And keep in mind, he did not have 100 yards rushing last year, but he's got a 138 this year, a 123, a 114, a 159, and now a 205. Cody Schrader's been running tough, man. But that's, again, one of the guys that late round to undrafted that I think can make a big difference for a team.
0: Yeah, I mean, running backs just become a position where you don't need to draft it high because there's so many good so many good players. I mean, we obviously seen it with Pacheco here in Kansas City. But like so many positions have been uh they've been able to maximize value late in the rounds. Guys like Schrader, guys like Ray Davis. Those guys are going to be so valuable for whoever drafts them in the on, on the third day. They're like I I I said this after Ray Davis tore up Florida, uh, what was it, a couple months ago now. I was like, dude, that that guy's going to be a really good running back on Sundays in the NFL. And Schrader looks like that too. Well, again, you know, Austin Eckler, undrafted. Yeah. and And the thing is, is like, you know, having that size like that but still being productive – it it can give you a bit of an advantage because not a lot of guys are used to tackling guys that are that are the smaller type. So especially we got big like six foot four linemen there blocking for him. It can be a little tough to to see these guys and to to catch him. So it does kind
1: of money makers.
0: Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you on that. Especially like now, going with, to see him live this weekend. Yes, yeah, I will be seeing him live this. Hopefully, he doesn't do a whole lot to Florida. <laughs> Hopefully, has a bad game against it's Florida. Graham Mertz. <laughs> Wait, it's he a he, had, he Mertz. had a really he, he had a good game against Georgia when when uh, when they when they played him uh, now a week and a half ago. Um, so yeah, like 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 I said, they, I'll say this, man. Mizzou's got some talent on that team. Man. Missouri has some, some talent. talent. They got some talent on that team. So going to our Week Twelve watch list, Colorado taking on Washington State. I believe this is on Friday night. Um, Shadour Sanders, Xavier Weaver, going to be the two guys to watch for in that game. Michigan takes on Maryland, and uh, you got J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum, Donovan See if they're going to have the same strategy of run, run, run. <laughs> That's going to be... I'll With the Heisman Trophy I'll say this, man. I'll say this, man. J.J. McCarthy cannot like that game plan. When you are trying to get drafted in the first round, and you get eight pass attempts in a top-ten matchup. Like, this is a matchup between two top-ten teams, and you are only throwing it eight times in the game. Like, that's like – that's like – didn't Tim – remember when Tim Tebow played the Chiefs at Arrowhead a few years – like a decade – over a decade what, ago? two passes? I, no, he had like eight, I think. I think it, he only completed two. Yeah. But he had like eight passes that game. Well, that's kind of what it looks like. And generally when you're starting quarterback – But I know he
1: has got a good defense, but yeah, come on.
0: But like still, come on. Like this is college football. There's only so much great defense you can play at this level, so – when you're starting quarterback who's a potential first round pick is only throwing it eight times, something's something's I wonder if he was hurt or something, but man, like that's a that's a that's a weird look there. Um Chattanooga is taking on Alabama. It's gonna be your standard guys Dallas Turner, Kool-Aid McKinstry, McKinley Jackson, Malachi Moore, uh, Terry and Arnold, and JC Latham. Rutgers takes on Penn State, Fashanu. Uh, Kalen King, corner. Uh, corner there, you know, probably going to be a second day guy. Um, Chop Robinson as well, though. Again, he, he finally came back. Finally but, came didn't. back, but didn't really he didn't really do much in that game. But Chop's another guy that you want to look out for. Uh, probably a second day edge rusher for Penn State. Um, Louisville taking on Miami. Zion Nelson, Francis Maligowa, the star tackles, uh, safety James Williams, and safety Cameron Kinchins playing. So that two game.
1: safeties for Miami to watch.
0: Yeah. So they got some. They got some good players there. Oklahoma taking on BYU. Tyler Guyton, the tackle that was mocked to Mock the I don't think they're going to go tackle. Chiefs love uh, Oklahoma linemen. So. Yeah, they do. They do. They do like them. I mean, we we've, we've seen some Oklahoma linemen they brought in there. I mean, obviously Orlando Brown Jr. and Wunye Morris now. So they're not afraid to bring them in. Uh, but yeah, I I don't see it happening. But you never know. Georgia takes on Tennessee uh, that's a matchup between 2 and 13. Ladd McConkey, Brock Bowers, Kamari Lassiter, uh, Javon Bullard, and uh, tight end for Tennessee. Uh, was it McKaylin Castles? McCallan Castles? Um, so going to be guys to watch out for in that matchup there. Uh, Wake Forest takes on Notre Dame. The two tackles you want to watch out for. Joe Alt, Blake Fisher uh, for Notre Dame. And Autrick Estime is another guy you want to watch out for as well. They're starting running back who at one point was leading the FBS in rushing yards. Um, Notre Dame's kind of slowly but surely been falling since the, uh, the start to the season. But, um, you know, they're number 20 right now still, so they're still ranked and still relevant. Um, Illinois takes on Iowa. This game's probably going to be terrible, probably going to be low scoring. I think, I think the, the, the line for that game was under 30. For uh, Iowa's game last week. It was like under, th- the total was under 30. It so. hit 22. Yeah, it was not good. It's a wreck. It's terrible. It was a terrible total. Um, so this is probably going to be a defensive matchup again. Two defenders to watch out for for Illinois. One is Jerzon Newton, the top defensive tackle in this class. Which I think Proofable Focus might have hit him 15th in their mock. Yeah, that sounds about right for him. That sounds about right for him. I think that that's an appropriate value for him, especially in a class with so many quarterbacks and receivers uh, and tackles that are of are high value. Um, and then you also have Cooper DeJean, cornerback for Iowa. It's going to be someone to watch out for, even though I don't think the Chiefs are going to take corner. Uh, then for UNC, taking on Clemson, Drake May will be uh, taking on Jeremiah Trotter Jr. on that Clemson defense. That'll be really interesting to to watch out for. Again, Drake May is uh, battling it out for that number two quarterback in the uh, 24 draft class. Then you got UCLA taking on USC, the battle of the Los Angeles schools. And uh, Liatu Latu, my guy, edge rusher for the Bruins. And then they are a lot of names to watch out for on the USC offense. Um, Caleb Williams, obviously. Uh, then you have... Uh, Brendan Rice you have Taj Washington you have Mario Williams and Dorian Singer all wide receivers for the University of Southern California Minnesota takes on number one Ohio State safety Tyler Newbin is the uh, lone player you should be really watching out for on that Minnesota defense um, very possibly the best safety in this draft class super talented player Uh, he's a ball hawk you know he Definitely does a great job of making sure that teams aren't going down the field on them very much. Um, that's going to be an interesting matchup there, but unfortunately, you know, they're you're playing Ohio State, super talented offense there. You know, you're talking about Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Egbuka. Um, on the defensive end, they're stacked. Both defensive tackles, Tyler Williams, Michael Hall Jr., both edge rushers. JT Tua Maloaw, Jack Sawyer, and also Denzel Burke, the guy that one of the mocks. And uh, the Chiefs drafting in the first round, don't think it's going to happen. But still, Denzel Burke is a really, really great corner. Could be the best corner in this draft class. So make sure you watch. It might be the round. first one taken. Might be yeah, I, th- I think he might be the first. Which is the reason why, like again, the thirty-one to the Chiefs didn't make a lot of sense because I don't <laughs> think he's going to be there. Um, Oregon takes on Arizona State uh Bo Nix is going to be the big name to watch out for in this matchup and here. Franklin the wide receiver yeah Franklin as well I mean you know he's climbing up draft boards Bo Nix is climbing up draft boards so those are going to be the two to watch out for it's also where uh former Florida quarterback Emory Jones is playing at now uh hasn't been doing great but you know it's where he plays at now um or and then uh ODU Old Dominion taking on Georgia Southern uh the top Possibly the top linebacker in this draft class. Jason Henderson plays for them. He's got 150 tackles on the year.
1: Yeah, we like Old Dominion players. Yeah, we do. We
0: do. We do. We, there's a couple of
1: guys we mocked to the Chiefs from OD. 150 in a college football season is <laughs> 150 insane. is crazy.
0: It is insane. I mean, 150 in the NFL is a great number for tackles, let alone doing that in the college season when we're 11 weeks into the season. And he's probably, you know, he's he's probably played somewhere in that 10 to 11 range nasty-ass number of tackles to have. Um, Then you've got North Alabama taking on Florida State. Their receivers, Johnny Wilson Jr., Keon Coleman, edge rusher, Jared Verse, tight end Jaheim Bell, guys to watch out for, especially uh, Keon Coleman. Keep an eye on Coleman. That guy's got a lot of talent. Got the size, got the speed, agility. He's going to be one of the most intriguing receivers in this draft class. Six-foot-four returning. Yeah, a 6-4 return is all you need to know. Dominating receiver. That's all you need to know is a 6-4 return, man, at the collegiate level. Uh, that's all you need to know there. Kansas State taking on KU. Uh, ben Sennett tight end for K-State. And Cooper Beebe uh, on that offensive line for the Wildcats. Going to be guys to watch out for uh, in that regard. Washington takes on Oregon State. Michael Penix Jr., Romo Dunze, Jalen McMillan. Should he play? and Jalen Polk are going to be guys to watch out for. Oregon State quarterback D.G. Uyagalale is going to be a guy to watch out for as well. Could be a late round. Former Clemson QB. QB. Former Clemson QB. Um, going to be a guy to watch out for late in the draft. He could be one of those guys that ends up being like a Joshua Dobbs type, where it's like, because he's, he's taken some big steps uh, since he's left Clemson. He's improved his game a lot. He could be a Joshua Dobbs type, where he turns into like, the next Ryan Fitzpatrick, traveling around, playing well for teams, and and you know ends up being a very good spot starter backup quarterback. Um, you've got Florida taking on Mizzou. Um, Ricky Pearsall, Chris Abrams, Drain, uh, Cody Schrader, guys you want to look out for. Mizzou's got a lot of damn talent. Luther Burton's going to be a guy to watch out for, even though he's not going to be draft eligible in 24. Cody Schrader's interesting in the running back. Yeah. Like, that's running backs in general. Chris yeah. Abrams-Drain, yeah. Yeah, Abrams-Drain, very good corner. Very underrated guy, probably. He really climbed this year. Yeah, he has. He has. Like, uh, Mizzou's got a lot of talent on their offense. Um, Texas takes on Iowa State. Quinn Ewers, Xavier Worthy, Jonathan Brooks, Jatavian Sanders. All guys to watch out for on defense. Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy second, Jalen Catalan, a, uh, a safety for them, and wide receiver AD Mitchell. And then finally, Georgia State takes on LSU. Jaden Daniels, Malik Neighbors, Mason Smith, Makai Wingo. Then you got uh, Garrett Dellinger, wide receiver Brian Thomas Jr. All guys to watch. That, That LSU team is stacked for the draft. So many great players there. So many great prospects a lot of interesting things. Not going to have 14 taken like a few years ago. No. But it's an NFL roster. No, they definitely have a lot of NFL talent. Uh, A lot of those teams in the SEC are stacked full of uh, of NFL talent. So, going to be a good weekend for football. Not a ton of big-time marquee matchups like we've seen in the the last month or so. The SEC's playing a lot of FCS. It's their FCS weekend. Yeah, this is where a lot of those teams are kind of getting geared up before they get into like their big rivalry games and whatnot. So, This is where they're going to try to blow out those matchups and then get to the rivalry games before championship weekend. Um, But still a lot of good football to be played, a lot of interesting matchups. I think now there's a lot of guys that have solidified their spots in the draft as far as, like, round goes. Maybe the... Part of the round that they go can still be affected. The best
1: news we just listed a whole bunch of uh, junior players. Tons. thing being the senior. They can bowl. Be in the Hopefully, senior. Hopefully, good.
0: Oh man, Jim Nagy's gonna love that. But man. you know what? A lot of guys go for the
1: practices. Don't stay for the game. No, it's okay. Just yeah, go to the pre- all yeah. the all the talent valuers Go down for the practices. Right. They bolt they bowl a lot before of times for the game yeah a lot of yeah there's you tons can't get anything determined in All-Star.
0: Right. yeah there's tons of of uh and, and the practices are really great to watch like if everybody goes if you've never watched senior bowl practice you got to it is so interesting to watch and a lot of these kids like this is like their best time to get reps against other really top talented players so like i remember Colin saunders he did he did awesome at the Senior Bowl. Like he, he, he made a name for himself. A lot at of the guys senior jump
1: Bowl. at least two to three rounds. Sometimes with the great Senior Bowl, because yeah. you're going head to head against some of the best talent. It was like you separate yourself. Yeah. Like, okay. Look at this talent this guy's got. Because you'll see defensive linemen go against some of the best offensive linemen in college football, and again, that's where the great
0: evaluation happens. Wanya Morris as well really kind of showed out last year in the Senior. Well, earlier this year in the Senior Bowl as well. So I mean, we've seen. It happened in the in in the Senior Bowl where guys get to really showcase that, especially because you get that NFL coaching, and once you get that, that's a way for you to get better. You show how coachable you are. All those coaches there that are at the at the Senior Bowl, they're gonna go back to their teams and be like, "Hey, dog, I really like this kid. I really like this kid. He 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 was he learned. He was eager to get better. Yeah, I like this kid." So, something to watch the comments. Yeah, definitely something to watch out for. So, yeah, we'll keep you updated on the best matchups for next week getting closer to to conference championship weekend. So this is really now where we're starting to, to wind down the college football season. Um, Also as well, once that season's done, once we get to bowl season, we're obviously going to have to change up a lot of our content. We're going to do some mock drafts for of our own. And uh, we will definitely dive more into these mock drafts as the season comes along. So um, for Jay Binkley, I'm Kristen Ocero. We'll catch you guys Uh, Next week, thank you guys for listening.